This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So today on Your Next Step, it is Wednesday, and tomorrow is Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? Do you have something that you are saying, God, I really want to thank you for? Are you looking forward to something today? Are you looking forward to being with family? Or maybe you're looking forward to just hitting the pause and saying, God, I want to thank you for the family I've had. And I know it's a hard time because some are already in heaven. You know, uh, I, I know that this is an important week for you. And today we're talking about real people dealing with real struggles in real life. And, and because we were having fun this week, uh, Jennifer, my wife, has been teaching, as well as Rachel Wojo. If you've missed any of these lessons, please go to our podcast and look it up, or go to yournextstepnow.com. You can see that. But today, Jennifer's going to continue the discussion, because she's talking about Mary of Bethany, and she's talking about how you and I can get caught up in the busyness of life. We can get caught up in the things we've got to do, and we miss out on Jesus. And I don't want you to miss that today. I don't want you to to get caught up in getting ready for Thanksgiving and miss Jesus. So I want to invite you, as we start into this, just to say a prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm coming to your feet today. I want my house to be filled with Thanksgiving and with you, and I pray that the lesson that Jennifer shares will help me in this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, as Jennifer talks about the dilemma of finding Jesus in the midst of the busy. How much would it help us in our lives today when we're looking at a pivotal decision that we have to make and we would say just those three simple words, Jesus, help me. Because of her deliberation, she also, in this choice, experienced a delivery, right? She persevered and encountered peace because Jesus saw her faith. We have to understand the choices she made. She moved past racial differences. She exhibited and chose the faith lesson that Jesus was giving her. She persisted in his presence. What does all of that mean for us today? We too have a dilemma. We live in desperate times and we're all searching for answers. If you think about how, much, how many searches are made, what, no matter what search engine is your choice, either on your phone or your laptop or your tablet, how many searches are made every day for answers? We're all searching for answers for various things. And I don't know if your dilemma today is because you're searching for an answer from disappointment or discouragement, or depression, or divorce. I don't know your particular situation, but I can tell you that you have a choice. Our deliberation today is the very same deliberation that the Syrophoenician woman could make. She could either accept defeat and remain complacent, or we can risk ridicule and experience hope. I want to tell you, you know, a little bit of what I know about 
deciding to risk ridicule and experience hope, and even more so just really believing God at his word. Uh, I do have seven children, and one of my children is Taylor, who is 21 years old. She has a rare metabolic disorder called mucopolysaccharidosis. When you tell the doctors the diagnosis, they say, say what? They don't even know what the diagnosis is. And most of the time, they will excuse themselves to go look it up on their phone so that they can come back in the room to talk about it. There is no cure or treatment for her disease. She is 21. You can give the Lord a praise, a shout for that. 10 to 15 years is her life expectancy, and at 21, she is still living. However, God will probably call her home very soon to heaven. Her healing will not be experienced on this earth, most likely. And some of you are in that same situation. You want what the Seraphonician woman had. You want that immediate healing. You're looking towards your deliverance, and you want it so badly. But God has not answered your prayer instantaneously as he healed the Syrophoenician woman's daughter in this moment. I'm still learning lessons, lessons in the presence of Jesus. For 21 years, I've been learning those lessons. And I've been maybe where you are right now, where I just begged God and said, Lord, if you will heal her, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And God was kind of saying back to me, what if I don't heal her? Do you love me enough to do whatever I want you to do? You see, God wants to do so much more than give us the answer to our prayers. He wants to give us himself. And he is our delivery. This Seraphonician woman, she experienced faith that moved mountains. But there's something that this particular passage doesn't teach us. And that's that not only does faith move mountains, but it climbs mountains and it walks through valleys. Listen to Psalm 23, 1-4. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. You can experience delivery today, and it may not be the delivery that you're expecting or that you're holding close in your heart and hoping for that healing from a loved one who has cancer or hoping for that deliverance to a new job or deliverance from addiction. Whatever those hopes are that you're taking to the Lord and you're saying, God, please answer them now. I want to be healed. And he is not answering you. And that's because he loves you too much to give you exactly what you want when you want it. He longs for you to draw close to him, to come in his presence, and to do what this woman did, where you can experience all of these things from Psalm 23. Your strength can be renewed. He wants you to come before him and just say, Lord, please help me. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity 
to share with this, about the Syrophoenician woman. And now as we've talked about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, the valley, the long valleys that we experience, whether it be depression, whether it be disappointments, whether it be divorce, whether it be disease, whatever that valley is for these people today, I pray that now as Jennifer comes, you would empower her to continue this word and that we would further experience what you have for us. And we praise you and thank you. Thank you, Rachel. You know, Mary was the most popular name, I think, in 33 AD, kind of like Jennifer and Brian in 1972. <laughs> I think about Mary, there's six Marys in the Bible, and Miriam also means Mary in Hebrew. So you have all of these Marys, the Mary that we're going to look at today, her name is Mary of Bethany. Now, don't confuse her with the Mary in Luke 7. That Mary also sat at Jesus' feet, and she was the sinful woman. The woman we're looking at today is Mary of Bethany, and she was totally devoted. I like to call her the poured out one. She, she's mentioned in all four Gospels, and her sister is Martha. Her brother is Lazarus. They have a really close-knit family. They work really hard. They're super social. They like to entertain. They know all of the Galilean Jews. And their house sits in Bethany. It's a twin city, Bethpage and Bethany. I call it the saddle. So you have Mount Scopus, the saddle, Bethany, Bethpage, and the Mount of Olives. And so from the Mount of Olives, you have the Palm Sunday ride that we're gonna celebrate next week all the way to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. So from her kitchen window, she would have been able to see the smoke rising on the daily sacrifices that were being made at the temple to our awesome God. So you have to imagine this scene when Mary and Martha are preparing a big party at their home. There's lots of hustle and bustle, busy times, and they are inviting Jesus. They're inviting the King of Kings. You know, they live in a day where uh, people traded their children to get out of debt. It's a brutal world. And Mary hears that there's a man named Jesus and he's humble and he's kind, he loves children, and he's coming to her house. She decides, I am going to give him my complete attention. So what we wanna look at today, there's three things I want you to look for. Mary leads the way in how to go to Jesus for instruction, how to go to Jesus for comfort, and how to go to Jesus for acts of service. And here we see the first one, she's going to Jesus for instruction. Three times we find her at his feet. So she is at his feet in the midst of all this busyness, and she is learning from him, she is receiving from him. And she decides, she has a dilemma. Am I going to please him or am I gonna please Martha? Who am I gonna serve? Am I gonna serve Jesus? He's finally in my home. Or am I gonna rush around and do all of this stuff? And so she, she's here, she's at his feet and she has teaching us about the audience of one. The audience of one. While she's there, Martha's reprimanding her quite harshly, like, why are you doing this? And the last thing she wants to do is cook and clean, right? And Jesus defends her. So this is the first time of two times he publicly defends her. And he says, listen, she has chosen what is better. 
It doesn't mean that the other stuff isn't okay or good, but what she's chosen is better. And so he defends her, and here she is at his feet. She's listening and learning. And, you know, it says in Matthew 6, 5 that we could go into a closet and talk to our Father in secret, and he knows everything we need. That's what Mary was doing. She decided, I'm going to report to you. You are in charge of my life. I'm not listening to all the pleasing, all the voices, everything that everybody else wants me to do. It's all about you, Jesus. So that's the first thing. She went to him for instruction. So let's read the scripture there before we move on. This is her deliberation. Could she hurry and worry, or she could sit, she could wait and listen. Luke 10, 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But few things are needed. He, Jesus simplifies everything. Indeed, only one, Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken away from her. You know, I used to think it was just a personality style. I, I personally love to be busy. I, I'm not proud of that or anything. I like to hurry, I like to rush. I like to be loud, I like to talk a lot. I thought this was a personality style. I just thought maybe Mary likes to sit still. I can't stand to sit still, don't make me sit still. Maybe she's just an introvert. Maybe Martha's our only friend, I don't know. Mary, that's just her personality. But I realized over time, Mary chose this path. This was a spiritual decision that she made. And it wasn't personality style or gender specific. Jesus taught it to her. He led the way in humility and how to spend time together. You know, all of you do this. You do this and we just don't realize it. I, I think about having dinner with my adult children. One of my favorite things to do, I recently made chicken piccata, Greek salad, and iced tea, and I'm getting hungry. I don't know about you. But we sat down at the table together and I just wanted to hear the stories. I just wanted to listen to them. I just wanted to be with them. And if they only knew how much I love them, right? If we only knew how much Jesus loves us and just wants to have that time with us. I recently did the same thing with a little three-year-old, and I know you do this with yours too. Uh, she's a friend of mine, daughter. She had her little uh, pink uh, like princess nightgown on, chubby little feet, bedtime, and we were reading a story. And then at the end, she just leaned over and said, I love you. And I was like, oh, that was so worth it. You know, that's the time, that's the heart behind it. And we do this in our lives, but let's transfer it to our time with Jesus. So the second thing that she did, when we look, we see her in scene two, she comes to him for comfort. This is the second of three times that she is at his feet. So let me just tell you about this. this. You know the story, Lazarus gets sick, right? They call for Jesus and he doesn't come, he waits. And so then the brother dies. Where's Mary? She's at home. She's in the comfort of all of her friends. They have all these friends, you know, and they're at the house, they're together comforting one another. Martha rushes to meet Jesus. And when he meets Martha, what does he say? Where's Mary? He knew her. He knew her by name. Where's she at? And when he calls for her, she goes quickly. I love that about Mary. If Jesus asks you to do something, don't wait. Go quickly. Do it then. She ran to him. And where do we find her? If you want to look for Mary, look low, because she's at his feet, so humbly. But here, 
we see her bold faith. She says to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Have you ever felt like that? Did you know you can talk to God like that? You can talk to Jesus like that and say, you know, if you would have been here, this would not have happened. If, if you would have been here, and they're having this discussion, and she is crying, and while they're doing this, I think about the context. You know, we all memorize that verse, Jesus wept, right? But we don't look at it and the fact that it's right after this. They're doing this together. They're, they're grieving this together. So here she is, she's at his feet for comfort. And you know what's amazing about her too is she, all these friends that Mary has, they begin to believe in Jesus. Her faith is so real that they catch it. So what's our dilemma today? Our dilemma today is to leave behind the value of this world to value our time with Jesus. Scene three, here we are. What are they doing? Partying. <laughs> Very social, right? So they're back at the house in Bethany. This time, Lazarus is there. He's reclining on Jesus, the healed Lazarus, how grateful he is. And you have a house full of people. I bet at this point, Mary's like, yeah, I, I don't need going to even bother to have the conversation with Martha. Where's she at? She's at his feet. I love it. You, you can be consistent like Mary of Bethany. And so here they are, big party Judas is there, and she is bringing him the gift of a lifetime. It's an alabaster jar, and it's filled with perfume. They say this is worth a year's wages. I wonder if this gift would have been her wedding, like her wedding preparation because they, that's what they would do. They would save that for their wedding day. Maybe she, she's not engaged yet, and she decides to show us how to give Jesus an act of service. And in her day, in the midst of all of this, guys are everywhere, it wasn't necessarily appropriate what she was doing. She takes off her headscarf, she's kneeling at his feet, she's pouring oil on his head and wiping his feet with her hair. And they are criticizing her. Have you ever been criticized publicly or just criticized in general? It stings, it hurts, it's painful. And they are in her face and they say, you're wasting this money. Why can't this money go to the poor? The, the poor need this money. Why are you doing this? And Jesus defends her for the second time. He says, guys, it's okay. The poor you're always going to have. Yes, you're going to feed the poor, of course, but you're not always going to have me. I'm going to the cross. She is anointing me for my burial. Well, how did she know that? She knew that because she'd been listening to Jesus. She'd been sitting there. She'd been hearing that he was going to go to this cross, that he was going to die for her. And she's giving him this beautiful gift. She teaches us acts of service to, to a life poured out. When you think of Mary of Bethany, she was a life poured out. They're smelling waste. She's saying, no, this is the greatest fragrance. I want to give you something really important. Think about what we could give him. You know, what is he asking us to give him? It's a big question to think about. Um, let's read that scripture really quick. It's in Mark 14, 8 to 9. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. 
And what? We're sitting here talking about it today. She's still famous. Jesus is like, she's going to be famous because she made me famous, because she anointed me for the cross. So our deliberation, what are we going to do? What are we going to choose to make sitting at the feet of Jesus our way of life? Are we going to respond to the audience or one? Or are we going to be dictated by everyone and all their endless needs and wants? Or are we going to say, Jesus, I need your instruction. What do you want me to do today? What do you need me to do today? There's so many people that want us to please them. But she sat and she learned the audience of one. She came to him for comfort. She came to him to be poured out, to give back to him. I think our delivery would be to give valuable gifts to Jesus. Are we going to stop in the midst of the hustle and bustle and choose the better way? You know, something I've been doing recently is I just leave my phone in the back seat when I drive. I, I just want to give that time to him. That, that is precious time that we can talk about this. I really need your comfort right now. I am so afraid. I am so concerned about this. I need instruction. God, do you want me to go to Africa? I I don't just do that. What do you want me to do? I need to hear from you. You know, so maybe you have a 25-minute drive time. This is a great time just to sit and ask him. Maybe you just need to receive comfort while you're in that car. And, or in your chair, you know, we just, to stop and find a time and find a place, that is our very big challenge. (laughs) Um, That's what he wants. That's his heart. He wants, to, he wants to defend you in your, when you've been criticized for doing things for him. He wants to show up on your behalf. He wants to know you that closely. He wants to be really in tune with you. He loves you that much. He loves me that much. And I've had to say, Lord, forgive me. I rush and I run and, I, and I've had to choose. I had to see, I could be strategic spiritually, that I could be acutely aware of the fact that, yes, maybe I'm designed this way by my natural personality, but I can choose. I can choose the better way. And that's what Mary Bethany did. But as we go into this week, let's keep it going. You know, pretend no one's next to you. Close your eyes and you can just say, God, I'm going to forget the week. I'm going to forget those mean things that people said to me. I know that you are the one, audience of one. What do you want to show me? Instruct me today, Lord. You know, maybe someone's dying. Maybe it's like, Lord, if you would have been here. Or maybe something inside of you is dying and you need to say, God, I need to die to this addiction or something in me has been dying and I need you to revive it. Do me one favor this week. Find a time for the King of Kings. Go to him for instruction. Let him comfort you in your sorrow, in your grief, in your questioning. And also say, how can I serve you? I wanna pour out to you, tell him how much you love him. And I know you do, that's why you're here. So be blessed, thank you for coming miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word, but it's it's no good if we don't apply it. So let's take a moment and let's pray. I know for me that I think about my food every day because I'm hungry. So let's take some time and pray for our farmers 
and the producers of our food and all our supplies. Lord, I know you have a heart for farmers because you taught about the wheat and the grapevines and you talked about going out and plowing and sowing and reaping. So God, you have a heart for the farmer. Jesus, you even said that the father is like the vine tender. So in in some way, Jesus, you compared the father to a farmer. So today we're asking you to bless the farmers. God, I thank you for Angus Buchan. He's a farmer that I love and an evangelist. May the farmers be evangelists in our nation. May they stand up. And, and Lord, we are praying that you will help them to produce well, that their fields would be fruitful, that their animals would be fruitful, that the things they lay their hands on would be blessed. Because, God, when you bless the farmer, our grocery store is full, that we have food to eat when we live in a neighborhood. God, most of us don't even know how it gets there anymore. And God, we want to declare, we know that you are the one that causes the earth to bear fruit, that you are the one that gives us every life within every womb, whether it be a human being or a sheep or a cow or a goat. Lord, you are the giver of life. And we're asking you today to cause life to to go forth. Lord, you commanded it in the garden and we're we're still in charge of life. And so, Lord, the, the farmers are on the front lines of our spiritual condition and our relationship with you. And so we're praying for there to be a revival among the farmers, that they would seek you and trust you for their produce and trust you for your life. And we come before you, not because we're worthy, but because Jesus told us to pray, to ask to seek and to knock. And we're asking you to cause the farmers to be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as a pastor, as as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide, but you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com, Give us your email address and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com and give us your email address and get your prayer guide today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, Look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast 
an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.